Thank you for being here today. It is my joy uh, of my life to minister the Word of God to you. And there's no greater joy that Brenda and I have and the pastoral staff have to hear that you're walking in the Word and that God's Word is working for you. In Matthew 7 and verse 24, Jesus said, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock, had a solid foundation. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. When the rain came, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now, I already know the answer to this question, but which house do you want to be? You want to be that house that has a solid foundation, a proper foundation, based on what Jesus has said, and based on what we do with what He said. When our lives are built upon the foundation of hearing His words and doing His words, He will uphold our lives by the power of His Word. Now we know that in James 1.22, it says basically the same thing. In James 1.22, it says, But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. How many doers do we have here this morning? Amen. Well, say it with me. I'm a doer. I am a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I, I had this thought. What doers don't do. What doers don't do. And one thing that a doer of the Word of God does not do is doers don't worry. So I want to speak to you this morning a message entitled, No Worries. Now there's probably not a person in this auditorium today that would say that worry is good. Every one of us would agree that worry is bad. And yet, people still do it. But worry is making people sick. Worry is not our friend. Worry is a manifestation of fear. Worry and fear are foes that must be resisted. Now we're going to look at some timeless truths today from the lips of the Master in Matthew the 6th chapter. So I want us to look at verse 25 of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, so that means He's speaking to us, Take no thought for your life. Now literally that means take no anxious thought. Now we've got to give some thought to life. We've all got to make out a grocery list. We've all got to make plans for the future. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about taking no anxious thought for your life. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? Nor yet for your body what you shall put on. And then he says, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? I think probably all of us have worried at one time or another about what our children are going to eat, what our children are going to wear, where we're going to live. Anybody ever done that? 
Well, I'll tell you what the Lord says. The Lord says, don't do it. <laughs> he says, take no anxious thought. Now, the good news today is you and I don't have to worry because we have a father. I have a father. I have a father. You have a father. The father himself loves us. The father cares for us. And the father watches over us with loving care. We have a father who takes care of his kids. Now, no earthly father that is right in their mind would ever put something on their kids to destroy them. Our heavenly father is a good father. Now listen, the more we are aware of his love for us, our faith will get stronger. And the, and the stronger that our faith gets, the less we're going to worry. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18, this is a tremendous verse of scripture. Prior to this verse, and I'll quote it to you, it says, And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. So what this is saying is we must become developed and have faith in the Father's love for us. Did you know that He loves you? Now as we become aware of that, and as this becomes a part of our life, here's what will happen. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in that kind of love. Dread does not exist. Now what is dread? Dread is looking at the future with woe. Dread is looking at the future with, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? No, when you're aware of His love for you, fear does not exist. Dread does not exist. But not only that, full-grown, complete, developed love, what does it do to fear? It turns fear out of doors, and I like this, and expels every trace of terror. Oh, thank God, fully developed love gets the fear out. And then he gives us reasons why we're not to worry. Back to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 26. Notice some of these reasons why. He said, behold, the fowls of the air. I want you to pay particular attention to that word behold. It means to look. Look at the fowls of the air. I think the master is trying to get us to do some bird watching. <laughs> For they don't sow, nor do they reap. They don't gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Did you know that you're much better than a bird? And seeing as how we're much better than birds, we're going to eat. And we're going to eat much better than they're eating. Now notice in verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, again, which of you, by becoming anxious, which of you, of allowing anxiety to come into your lives, through your thought life, which of you can add one cubit to his stature? The word stature there, sometimes it's used in the New Testament of height. Other times it's used in the New Testament of lifespan. What Jesus is saying, there's no way that you can add one day to your life by worrying about it. You cannot add one inch to your height by worrying about it. 
I dare say, if worry could have done it, some of you would have done it by now. And so what he's saying, these are the little things. And if worrying doesn't work for the little things, what makes you think that worry is going to work for the bigger things? And so the master is saying, don't worry. Listen to this statement. Can any of you live a bit longer by worrying about it? What's the answer? This one translation says, if you can't manage such a small thing, why worry about other things? Why worry about the bigger things? Why worry about the rest? If worry won't accomplish the little things, then worry will not accomplish something much bigger. Are you getting this? Why are we talking about this? Because good people, good church people, I mean by the millions, are literally worrying themselves to death. Did you know that worrying about your finances will never pay your bills? That worrying about your body will never heal your body? Worrying about your loved ones that are unsaved or a relationship that needs to be restored and repaired, worrying about that will not do one thing. Why is that? Because worry is a manifestation of fear. And the last time I read 1 John 5, 4, it does not say that fear is the victory that overcometh the world. The spirit of fear is not the spirit of victory. It is the spirit of faith that overcomes the world. It is the spirit of faith that is the spirit of victory. And so if you want to get some finances, if you want to get your body healed, if you want to see some things restored in your life, get out of the land of fear and get over into the land of faith. Amen. Now let me tell you something. Here's what fear will do. Fear will make a mountain out of a mohill. But oh, faith will move mountains. I said faith will move mountains. And listen, before your mountains move, your mouth has got to start moving first. Here's what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three. He said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Listen, folks, we got to stop listening to what the mountain is saying to us and start saying something to the mountain. Are you listening to me? For I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Hallelujah. What'll happen? What'll happen? He shall have, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Did you know that you are a whosoever? And as a whosoever, as a child of God, you can have whatsoever you say. So get your mouth in line with the word of God and start speaking to those mountains that are facing you in your life. Stop worrying about the mountains. Stop fearing the mountains and start speaking to the mountain. Is that a good word or is that a good word? Now notice verse 28 through verse 30. It says here, And why take ye thought for raiment or for clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. Again, 
Behold, look at the fowls of the air, and look at or consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Notice verse 30. Would you read it with me? Ready, read. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? What is this saying? If he clothes the grass of the field, he's certainly going to clothe you. How many of you got clothes on today? I don't see any naked people in the church. Thank God. No streakers here today, right? We've all got clothes on. Who provided those clothes for you? Your good, good father did. How many of you got clothes in your closet? How many of you got too many clothes in your closet? I got a word from heaven for you. Shandai, Shandai. Clean your closet out. Give some of those clothes to someone that could use them. Make room for more clothes. Because as you give, it's going to be given unto you. The point is this. If you will not worry about clothes, but be thankful for the clothes that you have, and be a sower, and be a good steward of what He's given you, more besides will be given to you. Amen. How many of you are believing for a closet full of good clothes? Hallelujah. I like to be bumped up in clothes. How about you? Now notice this in verse 31. Therefore, take no thought. Again, Therefore, don't take any anxious thought. Don't worry. Saying, and that is how people take the thoughts of the enemy, is they begin to say what they're hearing in their mind. And so Jesus said, don't take those thoughts. Don't even say what those thoughts are that are coming to your mind. Don't speak them. Take no thought, thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not going to take it. Oh, that's not strong enough. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm not going to take it. Now let's all say this corporately. We're not. We're not going to take it. We're not going to take it anymore. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to yield to fear. I'm going to draw near to my Father God. We're not going to take it. We're going to open our mouth and say it. That God is good to us every day. Come on, sing it with me. We're not going to take now. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it anymore. (laughs) Instead of just sitting around and taking it, you dish it back to the devil. Oh, is that right, devil? I'm not going to get my healing this time. Is that what you have to say? Devil, I ain't going to take that. My God already got my healing and by his stripes I was healed. Just because it comes to your mind 
doesn't mean that you need to think about it. Just because it comes up here, and even though it may be a serious threat, don't lose your joy. One way that you don't take the thoughts of the enemy is not only by saying what God said, but also laughing at him. He's full of pride, Steve. He cannot stand it when you laugh at him. Come on, try it on for size. Do a little laughing right now. Come on, guys. Ha! Ha ha! Ha ha! Ha ha! Devil told you you're going to die young. Ha! Some of you wouldn't laugh no matter what, but that's all right. He that sitteth in the heavens is going to laugh. What are we supposed to do at destruction and at famine? When the destroyer comes and says, you're not going to make it. You're not going to pay your bills. Your kids will never be saved. What are you supposed to do at destruction? You're supposed to laugh. Woo, hallelujah. And a merry heart doeth good. Just like a medicine. Boy, I didn't know all that was in there. I'm not going to take it. You don't have to take it. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, don't take it. Take therefore no thought. Close the door on all anxious thinking. And open up the door to me, saith the Lord. For I am the Prince of Peace. I am the author of your peace. Therefore, in your life, let there be no confusion. Confusion does not come from above. Confusion comes from beneath. So as those confused thoughts come to your mind, yea, cast them down. Hold up my word, saith the Lord, and my peace that passeth all understanding shall come upon you and keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. For I am the Prince of Peace. I am the Prince of Shalom. And it is my will for you to enjoy peace. It is my will for you to enjoy welfare and prosperity and my goodness all the days of your life. Amen? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, we're not going to take it. So what do we do with those thoughts? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 5. Now let, let, don't let this just be another message. Make sure you practice it this week. Because you'll have the opportunity to be anxious. I'd a whole lot rather go, go through the tests and trials of life in peace than go through the trials and the tests in life in fear. Now listen folks. There's not a question. There's not a doubt the tests will come. They will come. Trials will come. The crises of life are going to come to all of us. But what makes the difference is how do we act and how do we, we react when they come? Not a question of whether they're going to come. What are you going to do when they come? I say to you, get prepared. And let God's peace be number one in your life. So that even... On the outside, when all this turmoil and all this stuff is taking place, on the inside, there's peace. Peace. Wonderful peace. And this will enable you to use your faith to a stronger and to a higher degree and do something about the tests and the trials that have come against you. Do you get it? 
You got it? Now notice with me in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. Here's what we do with those thoughts. Entertain them. Call everyone in the 510 area code. And make sure you just don't dial the number. You've got to dial 510 now. Call everyone. Tell them what you're going through. Tell them what the devil said. Uh-uh. Casting down. Slap them down. Casting down imaginations. Those images that come from the evil one should not be entertained. They should be detained. And they should be cast down. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let's just try that on right now. In the name of Jesus, say it with me. I cast down those images. I cast out that fear. In the name of Jesus. The NIV says this. And I love how it says this. Here's what we do. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God or against the word of God. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Here's what Paul said. We crush, we vanquish, we destroy, we demolish arguments and every lie that sets itself up against the knowledge of God's word. Anything that is not from God, crush it, vanquish it, demolish it, obliterate it, crush it with the truth of God's word. Here's what we must do. We must know the truth. Pastor Tom and Pastor Brenda did tremendous jobs on preaching recently, last Sunday morning, on freedom. Was it awesome or was it awesome? And then Pastor Tom, Wednesday night, on the truth will set you free. Is it true that the truth will set you free? So, is it important for us to know the truth? You'll never be able to identify the lies of the enemy until you know the truth of God's Word. So before we can identify the lies that come to our minds, we need to become fully persuaded in what God's Word says. And when we do, when those lies come, we identify the lie. That's foreign. That's not God. That's not good. That doesn't come from above. That comes from hell. That's not right. That's not, that's not in line with the Word. Amen? Amen. So you identify the lie, and then secondly, you resist the lie. Isn't that what the Word of God says? The Word of God says, resist the devil, and what will he do? He will flee from you. That means he will run from you as in terror. But then, once you've identified the lie and resisted the lie, you've got to replace the lie with God's truth. For every terror-filled thought... For every lie that the enemy brings on the other side of that is the reciprocal and the reciprocal is God's truth. What he's telling you, the opposite is actually true. He says you're poor, what does the Bible say? He says you're sick, what does the Bible say? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, a big part then 
of spiritual warfare. And we are in a warfare. I mean, this world is full of devils. It's full of demons. And it's full of evil spirits. But aren't you glad in a world filled with the devil, you are living in this world, but you're not of this world? And the world may be filled with evil, but you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, raise your hand. Say, I'm filled. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we don't have to be afraid of what's going on in the world because we are in another kingdom and another family that's out of this world. Hallelujah. Mm. Glory to God. That's why Paul said to the church of Rome, he said, be not overcome with evil. Meaning, meaning evil's going to come. But overcome evil with good. Hallelujah. So though we're living in this world, and there's spiritual warfare in this world, let me remind you of a verse of scripture. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We need to say that three times. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. One more time. Greater is he... He that's in the world is a defeated foe. He that's in the world got spoiled. He that's in the world got triumphed over. He that's in the world got stripped of his authority. He that's in the world got his keys taken away from him. He that is in the world has come to naught. He that is in the world is under your feet. He that is in the world has no power over you. He that is in the world cannot overcome you. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So I'm not going to talk about he that's in the world. I'm going to talk about he that's in me. Did you know that your father is greater than all? So this spiritual warfare that we face in our lives... Part of that is knowing what thoughts to receive and what thoughts to resist. And here's what I've learned. One way to replace worry is by changing our focus. We can replace worry by taking our eyes off the wrong thing and putting our eyes on the right thing. Remember Jesus said, look at the birds. Huh? He said, consider the lilies. Look at that. Look at that. Change the channel. Now, I don't know how many channels there are on these discs. Someone said 290. Anybody got more than 290 channels? I think some go up to 500. I don't know. But, you know, sometimes you'll channel surf and, and uh, you'll see something on there you just don't want to see, right? You'll see some violence or you'll see something that is just contrary. And you say, oh, man, I'm going to change the channel. I'm going to take my remote and I'm changing the channel quick. One thing you don't do is you don't just sit there and watch it and become absorbed with it. Hopefully. You change the channel. And so the enemy is also one that has a vision. 
And what he wants to do is he wants to tell us his vision. And what he will do is show us images of failure. Show us images of dying prematurely. Show us images of going in great debt. And what he does is he brings those visions, he brings those thoughts to our mind. The worst thing that we can do is sit there all day and watch what's on his vision. The worst thing we can do is just sit there and, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Oh my goodness, what what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? No, you need to change the channel. You need to change the channel. You need to stop looking at that. Stop thinking that. Stop talking that. And change the channel over to the B-I-B-L-E. Just because negative thoughts come, you don't have to look at them. You don't have to look at them. I choose to look at something else. How many of you know... That we'll never get the answer by looking at the problem. You'll never see the provision by looking at the lack. You'll never see the healing by looking at the symptoms. Thoughts will come. And thoughts will persist in staying. But thoughts that are not acted upon. And thoughts that are not spoken. And thoughts that are not received. And thoughts that are not uh, lived out, those thoughts will die unborn. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, don't take them. He said, don't take them. Don't think that way. Think another way. Think a higher way. Think the thoughts of God. Now, God's word is God speaking to us. And God's word contains God's thoughts. Say this with me. God's word. Contains God's thoughts. Now notice in Romans the 8th chapter and the 6th verse. Romans 8 verse 6. This verse of scripture right here describes to us the two mindsets that are in the Christian world. This is not talking about people that are unsaved. This is talking about people that are born again. Are you born again? So Romans 8, 6 is talking about us. And he says here, now, for to be carnally minded is death. In other words, the mindset of the flesh, the mindset of worry, the mindset of fear always produces death. But oh, thank God. To be what? Spiritually minded is life and peace. His thoughts always contain life. His thoughts always contain peace. To be spiritually minded is life. Let me ask you, does it matter what we think on? How much does it matter what we do with our thought life? According to Romans 8, 6, it's a matter of life and death. What I think on and what you think on on a regular basis, wherever our mind is set, wherever that is set, is going to produce one of two things. It's going to produce life or it's going to produce death. 
I'm looking at a congregation that wants life and peace. But in order for us to live in life and peace, we've got to change our mind. We've got to change our mindset from the flesh and from carnality. We have to change our mindset to being spiritually minded, which is a mind that is hooked with the word. In Romans chapter 12, it says this, that we are not to be conformed to this what? Not conformed to this world, but be transformed or changed by the renewing of our mind. Now, how many of you know what Proverbs 23, 7 says? Listen to this verse. Proverbs 23, 7 says this, For as a man thinketh, I think sometimes we need to think what we're thinking about. So he says, oh, you, you, you can't set your mind on God. You can't do that. You're setting your mind on something all day. You might as well set your mind on Him. Some of you are setting your mind on your symptoms all day. You might as well set your mind on that Himself took your infirmities and bore your diseases. Amen? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what we're doing is we're taking God's thoughts, we're feeding on, and we're thinking on the promises of God. So when thoughts of lack come, I've got a great scripture for you. This scripture will set your feet to dance. And y'all ready? Look at Psalm 23, verse 1. Psalm 23, 1. The answer to lack is, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But that scripture is not only the answer to lack. That scripture is also the answer to weakness. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for strength. For the Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for joy. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not want for wisdom. For Jesus has been made unto me wisdom. Hallelujah. So anything and everything that you and I face in life, we can just boldly open our mouth and say, He is my good shepherd. He is my Lord. He is my master. And He is my God. And I shall not want. In Isaiah 26, 3, Isaiah 26, 3, it says this, that I will keep him in perfect peace. The word perfect there is shalom, and the word peace is shalom. So what God is saying, I will keep him in shalom, shalom, which means I will keep him in welfare, I will keep him safe, I will keep him in prosperity. I will keep him completely delivered. I will keep him whole. I will keep him in shalom, shalom, to the degree that there will be nothing missing and nothing broken in the lives of those who will keep their what? The key to peace, peace... And shalom, shalom is what you're thinking on. 
You can tell when people are depressed. All you've got to do is look at their face. Their faces become long. And their faces become sad. And it's usually a result of where their mind has been. You cannot sit day in and day out and think on and dwell on the problem and have any sense of peace in your life. I'm going to go over this real slow. I will keep him. How many of you want to be kept? I want to be kept. Did you know that it is not the will of God for any of us to lose our minds? It's not the will of God for any of us to go nuts. But I'll tell you one thing, the devil's crazy. And if you listen to him long enough, he will cause your mind to go haywire. So it's important to to change the channel. To change the mindset. To be spiritually minded is what? It's life. And what else is it? It's peace. A person that has a spiritual mind, a person whose mind is stayed on him, the Bible says, they have life and perfect peace. And you know what? That honors God. What do you mean that honors God? You keeping your mind set on Him and you having a spiritual mind stayed on Him shows Him how much you trust Him. And when you trust Him, it honors Him. When you trust Him, it pleases Him. And when He's honored and when He's pleased with our lives, there's nothing He won't do for us. It's important to look away from stuff. We all get presented with all sorts of stuff, don't we? All sorts of junk, day in, day out. It's a fight. And the Bible says that we must fight the good fight of faith. That doesn't mean getting stressed out over it. What that means is, okay, the battle's on, but Jesus has already gone before me and won the battle. And I'm not fighting this fight from the defeat side. I'm fighting this fight from the victory side. And what I'm going to do... Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to arm load my life with scriptures. I'm going to become so equipped with the scriptures. For every lie that comes, I have at least two or three scriptures to put the devil on the run. It's important what we look at. It's important what we think on. Take no thought. You don't have to take it. Take no thought. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. But He gave us a sound mind. You know how God wants us to go out of this world at the rapture or when we die? He wants us to go out whole. He wants us to go out with a sound mind. A well-developed mind. A mind that is quick. A mind that is sharp. A mind that is blessed. A memory 
that is blessed. You know, it's God's will for us to keep our memory. The Bible says that the memory of the just is blessed. When you sense yourself starting to forget things, just start praying in tongues. What will happen? The Holy Spirit will begin to bring things to your remembrance. Hallelujah. Pastor Mark, did you come here to tell me not to worry? No, Jesus did. Well, please tell me, Pastor, if I'm not going to worry, what am I going to do? Huh? That's what I've been trying to tell you for 45 minutes. Change the channel. Get the Holy Ghost remote out. In Philippians 4, 6, and we'll close. We may go here next week as well. Philippians 4, 6. Say it with me. I receive. Say this with me. I cast all my care, all my concerns, all my worries, once and for all, over on you. Forgive me, Lord, for yielding to worry, for thinking wrong thoughts. From this day forward, I invite the Holy Spirit to help me to think the thoughts of God, to speak the Word of God. Oh, hallelujah. Say to me, I don't have a care. I'm carefree. Fear, I resist you. In the name of Jesus, I command you to go. Get out of my mind. Get out of my soul. In Jesus' name, go now. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Glory, glory, glory. Well, if I'm not going to worry, what am I going to do? Be careful for nothing. Don't have any anxiety about anything. Is it possible to live a carefree life? Yeah, but I got so many people around me with so many problems. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, what am I going to do? What you need to do is roll the care of them over on God. Now, don't misunderstand me. There's a big difference in caring for someone and taking the care of someone. When I care for somebody, I'm there to be a help to them. I'm there to be a blessing. I'm there to speak life to them. When I care for somebody, I'm there to lock my shield of faith with them and know that they're loved and we love them and we stand with them. But if I take the care of all my relatives... If I take the care of everybody's problems around me, then I will not be in a position to care for them. Because I'll be so weighed down by the cares of this life and so burdened down with their burden that I'm not even able to minister to them. Do you see the difference? Well, if I'm not going to worry, what am I going to do? Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. 
But what? What else are we going to do instead? But in everything, come on somebody, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. When you've given it to God, talk to God. Talk to God about it. Get happy about it. Get thankful about it. Let go and let God begin to do a mighty work in your life. And here's what will happen, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 6, verse 7. And the peace of God. And the peace of God. Hallelujah. You love the peace of God? I love the peace of God. And the peace of God. Which passeth your noggin. What will that peace do? It'll be life and peace. When you keep your mind stayed on Him, it'll keep your heart. It'll keep your mind to where you can be stable in unstable times. Your heart and your mind kept by the power of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Anybody get anything out of this today? Glory to God.